Hey, listener. I hope you're having a spectacular day. I'm Akil, and you're listening to Pixels and Panels, a show where I take you deep inside the world of digital comics through conversations with your favorite creators and top industry executives. My guest today is Inma R, creator of The Violinist and The Nerd. She's one of the largest webtoon canvas creators in the romance genre. In this episode, she talks about her love for traditional manga, which led her to create The Violinist and The Nerd, why she thinks it's so important for creators to help one another, and she even goes into the challenges of being a creator of BL Webtoons. We've really enjoyed our chat with Inma and hope you take something away from it. Hi, Inma. How are you today? Hello. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited uh, to be part of a podcast about uh, webcomics and such because I'm a huge fan of uh, webcomics. We're incredibly excited to have you today, and there's a lot that we want to get into. Do you mind starting off by telling us a bit about your personal story? I am from Spain, uh, which I think it shows um, because English is not my uh, main language, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, I'm an introvert person who likes to be indoor most of the time. And I love drawing ever since I was a baby. When I learned how to pick up a pencil, that, uh, that was when I started drawing and I never stopped. And I hope to never stop doing it. Awesome. And as I read your webtoon, so the, the series that you just finished is The Violist and the Nerd, and we will get into that for sure. You can tell that it's very inspired by traditional Japanese manga. So as someone that grew up in Spain, how did you get into the world of manga and comics? Mm, I think uh, when I was a child, um, I watched uh, all kinds of cartoons. But at some point, I realized that the one that connected uh, with me the most uh, were the ones that came from Japan. And then my parents started buying me comics. And I really loved the way that the characters speak and the way the stories are told. Um, so I decided very young that I really wanted to do the same. I wanted to create my own comics, even though but back then I didn't think that was something I could do as a main job. But it was still something that uh, I definitely wanted to do, even if it was only on my free time. You've, you've had a pretty extensive career in the comic manga space and your body of work is pretty uh, big. We'll talk a bit more about what you do on YouTube and Patreon and Gumroad, but in terms of what you've done sort of pro professionally up until this point, do you mind talking about your work a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Um, the first comic I ever published in Spain uh, was a story called Let's see how can I translate it. I think it's uh, three times one. Um, it, there was a contest, um, a comic contest, and the prize was to get your own series published. So I participated. My sister participated too because she she's also an artist, and and we both won. <laughs> so, so I got my very first uh, series published. It was a six volume series with uh, 90 pages each. And wow. it, it was really um, 
the payment was awful. I have to tell you that. <laughs> but uh, for me, I was still studying back then. And the fact that I could see my art printed like so professionally, uh, it meant so much to me. I remember staring at uh, the comics and thinking, wow, this is so official. <laughs> So you mentioned that your sister also entered and won the contest, which is impressive. Uh, How did, you know, having a sister that was also an artist evolve and help you grow as a a comic and webtoon artist? Um, I actually started drawing because of her. Uh, She was the first one who had the urge to uh, draw characters and such. And I just imitated what she did. And uh, growing up, it was a lot of fun because um, we used to create uh, our own comics and then we would read it, them to each other, like pl- playing voices and such. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, and, and we drew stuff together back then. Um, and yeah, it, it was a lot of fun and very inspiring. So before The Violist and The Nerd, do you mind talking about a bit of the other stories that you were able to work on before you arrived at this story? Uh, Yes. Um, The second comic I published uh, is actually now on Webtoon because I translated it myself, but the art is a bit old because it's from 2009. It's called Out Once Upon a Time, and it's a sort of dark fairy tale uh, story with characters from uh, classical fairy tales. Uh, And the whole thing came up because I had in mind that I wanted to write a romance between Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. And so that manga came up. Um, Then after that, I stopped uh, publishing comics in Spain because uh, the payment was really low for the amount of work that it was. And I decided that I wanted to try and get published abroad, like in France or in, uh, in America. But uh, I created some um, portfolios. I created projects that I sent uh, to publishers and uh, most of them didn't reply. And the ones that did, uh, they weren't interested. And here's a fun fact in the story, the, my new project, uh, Wild Beast Forest House, is actually one of the projects I sent back then to a publisher in the US. That's really cool. And I'm really happy you kept going because uh, your work is absolutely incredible. And with that, I want to talk about The Violinist and The Nerd. Uh, folks, please go and check this out. There's two things I really, really loved about this BL story. The first you, I want you to talk about just the art style a little bit. Uh, it is very much inspired by traditional manga art. And the way I felt while reading it, it almost feels like you're reading on paper, even though it's on your phone. So do you mind talking a little bit about how you arrived at the art style for this webtoon? Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of traditional manga. I love a black and white and tones. Uh, In fact, sometimes I buy art books and my favorite part is when there is black and white art or sketches. I'm a bit weird. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So when I I decided that I wanted to draw a webtoon in webtoon style, not in traditional manga style. uh, I mean, the paneling is different. Uh, But what I wanted to keep was uh, the black and white part, because on the one hand, I thought... um, 
it takes less time than color and I was doing it on my free time. So if I wanted to have um, a steady schedule for it, then I had to take as little time as possible. Uh, but it was mostly because I really, really loved tones. But uh, during season one, a lot of people were leaving messages like, oh, please, can you add color? Please, can you add color? And in the end, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to add color for season two, even though I'm sure I'm going to hate it and it's going to take really long. And, and then I started coloring season two and I realized that I absolutely love coloring mangas. Um, so for me, that was a huge discovery. Do you mind talking a bit about the characters and the inspiration behind the story itself you talked about how you are introverted uh izumi the main one of the main characters is a huge introvert is there a little bit of personal connection there as you designed izumi actually i, I don't think it was intentional but uh if i stop to think about it izumi is uh introvert uh, he has low self-esteem he's a nerd he has a lot of things in common with me and uh, one fun fact about uh, Izumi and Damien is um, the way they meet when they were kids is kind of based off how I met my boyfriend. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, because in, uh, I will tell you the story and then you will see uh, how it connects somehow. Um, I met my boyfriend in high school and we were... Um, um, he had heard about me that I was a nerd, that I liked video games and such. And he thought, mm, OK, I want to be friends with this girl. And uh, we were in uh, computer classes and he was sitting right in front of me. So uh, the back of my computer uh, was um, facing him. And he thought, I will prank her and that way we can start a conversation. And he wanted to unplug my mouse. Uh, but uh, I had been bullied all my life in school. So the moment I saw him trying to unplug my mask, I was like, what do you want? <laughs> and I <laughs> glared at him so badly that he was really scared. Um, but yeah, I think I, I built uh, the story from there because uh, Damien starts by uh, tripping Izumi over and everyone's uh, laughs at him but in Damien's mind he just wanted to be noticed by the boy he loved so like it's like it's bullying but uh, he didn't realize it was bullying because uh, he didn't know that Izumi had been bullied uh, all along. You've done a bunch of different types of stories uh, throughout your career why did you want to focus on a BL story for the violinist and the nerd? Actually, I have always wanted to draw BL, but I kept myself from doing it because I thought uh, that publishers, publishers wouldn't uh, want such stories. So I, what I did was to hide uh, BL couples inside non-BL mangas like uh, the first manga that I published is actually about a love triangle between two boys and a girl uh, because there is one boy who is in love with a girl the girl is in love with one boy and the boy is in love with the other boy um, and I just used an, an excuse of a non-BL comic to 
create BL pairings. And most of my stories uh, always had uh, one BL couple at least, because it's what I really wanted to draw. And then um, at some point, uh, the, my first try on Webtoon was a comic called Revenge of the Queen, which is not BL, but it also had a BL uh, pairing. And it went uh, really bad. And so I gave up on drawing comics. And when I came back to uh, give it another try, it was in 2020. And that time I decided, okay, whatever. Even if nobody wants to read it, what I want to draw is a BL story. So I'm going to do that. And it went well, which taught me that I should have done whatever I wanted from the beginning. <laughs> One of the things I love about the Webtoon community is how many different perspectives and types of stories come forth. And one thing I've noticed, there is a lot more BL that's coming through Webtoon. Do you mind talking a little bit about the changes that you've seen? Because, you know, at first you mentioned maybe people wouldn't accept that you wanted to draw BL. But now, like you said, you, you went with your gut, you did what you wanted, and the reception has been incredible. Do you mind talking a little bit about the journey of like how BL comics have evolved over time? Mm, yes. Um... I think at first I was scared because I grew up uh, with a lot of homophobia around me. So uh, somehow they made me believe that drawing BL comics uh, was for a small amount of people that uh, it wouldn't succeed very much. So publishers wouldn't want that. But in the end, um, I think through reading webtoons, through social media, I realized that uh, we are not a small crowd of people reading this kind of comic and we are not a small crowd of people uh, belonging to the LGTB community. Uh, there is a lot of us and, and as such, uh, there is a place for us to tell our stories and I don't know, to, to create the kind of comics that we want to make. Um, Webtoon has so many readers that there is something for each person. And I think that's cool. Definitely. And one other thing that I really appreciated about your comic is very early on, you feature fan art and cosplay. Do you mind talking a little bit about your community and why it's so important for you to feature folks as they send you things like fan art and cosplay within your own webcomic? Ah, uh, yes. I, I absolutely love uh, the fact that someone took the time to draw something for me or to cosplay the characters. In fact, uh, the cosplayers that I uh, showed on one chapter, they are my friends, Ego and Jun, and they are pretty awesome. And um, yeah, I think uh, when people take the time to draw something for you, uh, the least you can do is to first uh, tell them how much you loved it because I absolutely love every fan art that I received and then I think showing them on the actual chapters um, I thought it would make uh, those people happy and if I can make them half as happy as I was to receive those fan arts then I'm I'm very happy as well. <laughs> so what have you enjoyed most about the webcomic industry and webcomic community? Mm, so far, it's the fact that I have absolute freedom to draw whatever I want. And, and I realized that on Webtoon, 
people comment a lot. Uh, they give you a lot of feedback. And that's pretty awesome because um, when I was uh, publishing comics with publishers, uh, first of all, I had to finish a whole volume before I got any feedback at all. And then, uh, yeah, some people gave me their feedback, but it wasn't as huge as it is on Webtoon. Uh, people are very active and I really appreciate that. And what has been tough or more difficult in terms of being a part of the Webtoon industry? Mm, probably um, when people tell me, why are your chapters so short? <laughs> <laughs> That's because, a wonderful problem to have. Yeah, I think, um, okay, my chapters are a bit short. They are not too short, but um, if I want to update once a week, I can't do uh, I can't do more than that. I remember I read someone saying, "Who's with me that the author should update every day?" <laughs> and yeah, that's that's just not possible. I think some people don't realize uh, how much work is uh, put into each panel uh, that you read in half a second. So of course I'm gonna take really long to draw a chapter, and you're going to take really uh, short uh, to um, read it. But that's only natural, and I wish some people understood this and didn't uh, put so much pressure on artists. Uh, for I mean, personally, I'm I'm okay. Um, even if people tell me they are too short and such, I, I can't deal with it. But I know some other artists uh, really stress over it. And I think that's not fair. A word of caution to our listeners. Please don't tell artists that their panels <laughs> and webcomics are too short. Let's, let's be respectful and keep it civil here. Um, Please, but, but, but we love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So you're one of the more most prominent creators on Canvas. It's incredible to see that the audience that you've built, and I want to talk about your, your next webtoon as well. We'll talk about that later in the show. But how do you think about the next step in your career? Uh, if I can, I would love to keep doing exactly what I'm doing now for the rest of my life. I, I, when I started uh, drawing The Violinist on the Nerd, I had uh, some artists uh, in mind that I thought, okay, I want to be like them, like Candice Mon, who is the author of, of uh, Muted. Uh, I know they are super uh, successful. And I thought, okay, it can be done. So why shouldn't I be able to do it too? Um, and I just wanted to make enough money to make a living of my personal projects. And I started it, but I wasn't very confident that I could actually get such a big audience. So for me, it's been, it's been a huge surprise. But uh, now that I'm done with this comic, this is the first comic in my life that has such a big audience. So I'm going to start a new project and see how it goes, because maybe um, The Violinist and the Nerd is the only comic that will get such an audience from me. I don't know yet, but I wish, I hope that, uh, that people will give the new series a chance. And if, I, if it goes as well as The Violinist and the Nerd, uh, then I will definitely stay here to draw more BL comics. 
I think if I take a look at your fans, they absolutely love your work. And I'm sure that Wild Beast Forest House is going to be a huge success. Before we change topics a little bit, I did want to ask you a bit about the web comic community in Spain. So you mentioned earlier in your career, when you were looking at the pay that you were getting in Spain, you felt it was low. There was more opportunity elsewhere. You looked mm -hmm. at other countries, but what's the webcomic community like in Spain or among Spanish speakers? Mm, I don't think there are many Spanish people drawing webcomics. I, if I stop to think about it, I only know Eropink who is uh, just starting with her webcomic called Found by Death. It's also BL and I recommend you to give it a chance. Um, and for the rest, there are many people drawing comics, but not web comics for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, maybe, no, I don't know why. <laughs> and interesting. I did want to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. And one mm -hmm. thing that stood out to me is you put in a lot of time to create content to help other people create web comics. And not only are you doing this in English, but you're also creating videos in Spanish. Can you talk a little bit about the mission and the inspiration behind your YouTube channel? Mm, yes. Um, usually uh, when someone shares their uh, techniques and their tips and tricks and such uh, with me, uh, I'm super grateful because they truly help me to become better or to make my task easier, etc. Uh, so in the same way, I like to share the little I know so that uh, maybe I can help someone else in the same way that I have been helped before. Uh, so whenever someone uh, leaves me a comment saying this helped me, uh, it's so gratifying. And, and yeah, that's uh, mainly what I wanted to do with my YouTube channel. And because a lot of people left comments in Spanish saying, I can't read English or I can't uh, understand English uh, in your videos. So I decided that um, maybe I should uh, make the effort to uh, do it in Spanish as well, which is actually my language. So I should have been doing that from the beginning. <laughs> The other interesting thing I noticed on your YouTube channel was you would take episodes of The Violinist and the Nerd and upload them. And there would be thousands of people who uh, would watch that. Do you mind talking a bit about how you arrived at the idea of I'm making these comics, I'll put them on YouTube as well. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, yes, um, uh, I actually uh, uploaded the first chapter because I was pr trying to promote the series as much as I could. Uh, so I posted it around the beginning of the series, but that was it. I didn't post any other chapter back then. Then um, one day I realized that it was one of my most viewed videos. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let's uh, upload the rest of the season. And so I did, but uh, it actually takes so much time to edit those videos that in the end I thought, okay, if I keep posting season two here on YouTube, it's going to eat up my time and I need the time to create season two. <laughs> so uh, that's why season two is not on YouTube, but I tried to at least have the whole season one there. I see. And you go beyond YouTube as well. You have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Do you mind talking a little bit about how you use your social media accounts to grow your audience and the number of people who can find your work? Mm -hmm. 
uh, I like to post my art on those sites um, and usually link uh, to Webtoon and Tapas when there are new chapters and such. But um, in the past, I used to use my social media to share stuff from my daily life as well or to comment on things that I found important. Uh, but lately, I have to admit that I am scared of talking online because uh, there is so much hatred around and you can be cancelled over the smallest thing, even if you didn't mean it, or even if, uh, I mean, everyone can make mistakes. But it seems nowadays that if you commit one mistake, uh, you can be cancelled forever. And that feeling uh, makes me so scared that I am trying not to uh, talk about anything other than my art these days. And I find that a bit sad that uh, some people, that some of us have to feel that way when we don't mean any harm, but uh, well, things are the way they are. It, it really sucks to hear you know, artists of any kind have to put themselves out there day in and day out to produce their work and people can be so toxic and hurtful about that. Is there anything you think that these social media sites can do better to, to avoid you and other artists going through some of the pain and issues that you've been going through? Mm, I don't know. I think in the end, it's a social thing these days. I would just wish that people were more open-minded um, and that when, even when someone says something that you disagree with, there's always uh, a way to talk it over with them rather than you are consulted or insulting you. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. But I think the change does not start um, on social media, but on people themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think we can all do better when we're on social media. It, it can turn pretty dark pretty quick. Mm. One other thing I wanted to talk to you about was your monetization. So I think there's a lot of very clever things that you've done to, to sustain yourself as a webcomic creator. I wanted to talk first about your Redbubble. You sell merch um, and you also provide prints on InPrint. Do you mind talking a little bit about how you decided to set up these stores and how you arrived at that? Yes, um, I like to create merchandise, but the thing I don't like to do is going to the post office. So I thought <laughs> uh, the best thing I can do is to have someone else make the merchandise for me, even if I make less money from said merchandise. Um, and so that's when I created my Redbubble account and imprint and such. But I have to say that I don't sell very much there. Um, eventually, every now, every now and then I receive an email like, you made a sale. Someone bought a sticker. You have uh, half a cent. Congratulations. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, that's not my main source of income, definitely. But I just keep them for fun. And let's get to the main source, which is your Patreon, which mm -hmm. is incredibly impressive. Do you mind talking about how you got started in Patreon and what you decided to provide to your patrons? Yes. Uh, when I first started on Patreon, I thought uh, that people might be interested in my tutorials. I think that was before I uh, started posting tutorials on YouTube. 
so I thought, okay, maybe uh, someone wants to know about my um, tricks to draw, t- um, tricks to paint and such. But it wasn't very successful uh, because not, not many people were interested. So in the end, I changed my, P- my Patreon into um, a place where I shared uh, sketches. Like uh, for the art that I shared online, I posted the sketches only there. But uh, not many people were interested either. Um, so I just kept my Patreon for a long time without uh, much change until I started making The Violinist on the Nerd. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna uh, post uh, the pages here first uh, so that people can support me and also read ahead. And there I started getting uh, some more uh, patrons Uh, which was awesome but it wasn't until season two when I first made um, an R18 uh, scene only for Patreon because you cannot uh, post those on uh, Webtoon or Tapas. It was then that uh, finally a lot of people joined my Patreon because apparently people uh, really want to read uh, adult content. And yeah, and and right now um, I'm very happy because finally uh, my Patreon is, uh, I have a lot of um, people supporting me there and I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was really interesting to see one that you allowed people to read ahead because I know traditionally that's reserved for originals artists. The other thing, when you started created creating uh, R18 content, were you surprised by the reaction and the number of people who were joining your uh, Patreon to, to view it? I wasn't surprised because uh, I, I have been talking to Candice Mon, the author of Muted, and they had told me that um, the first R18 scene in their comic is what made the difference in their pa- Patreon as well. So I kind of knew ahead that that was going to happen. And one final question around monetization. What do yes. you think Webtoon and Tapas need to change or do better to help this generation of creators create a living off of their work? Well, uh, for example, I would uh, remove the high requirements that uh, you need to start making money. For example, I'm starting my new, seri- my new series now and I cannot monetize it until I get uh, on Webtoon 40,000 uh, page views in one month. Um, so why is that? I mean, if I'm creating a comic why can't i monetize it from day one even if i only make one dollar it's it's my dollar and i think uh for new creators the fact that they are being paid even if it's a low payment it means so much to so much uh, to so many people so yeah i think um it shouldn't be only for popular uh, artists to make money it should be for everyone and let's talk about Wild Beast Forest House. So for folks that are wondering, this is in color. Uh, in my, just so you know, I also like the black and white. So if you go back to that, <laughs> I, will, I will still love your new comic. 
Thank you mind you. giving folks a bit of a sneak preview? You have the prologue that was released on November 3rd. I know on the post itself, you said, I need some time to just get some episodes up and running. But can you give folks a little bit of a sneak preview of what they can expect in this webtoon? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, this is a story I created in 2012. Like I said before, I sent it to publishers and nobody wanted it. So I'm finally making it now. Um, it's a very different from The Violinist and the Nerd because, um, first of all, it's kind of a fantasy setting, not really fantasy, but, uh, you know, everyone is a different animal there. The main character is a cat. Uh, is the he's the only domestic animal the rest are um, animals from the forest uh, there is a wolf there is a rabbit a bear etc and it has more characters a lot more characters than the violinist and the nerd and different pairings so it, there is a shipping for everyone <laughs> and um, the story is about um, a place, it's like sort of, sort of like a residence, or like a hotel in the middle of the forest that um, the wolf created because he wanted uh, somewhere where animals could feel safe. Like uh, we are fighting all the time. Uh, it, we are fighting each other all the time and the forest is dangerous. So why not have one place where nobody is allowed to fight each other? So he created that place and uh, the place is called Wild Beast. That's why the comic is called Wild Beast Forest House. Um, and it's where the main story happens when uh, the cat, the domestic cat arrives there. And what does he want? Uh, where does he come from? And what's going to happen then? Uh, you'll have to wait until uh, the series actually starts which I expect to to start posting the first chapter around uh, middle of December or so. Yeah. Wonderful. Please go and give that a subscribe. I'm already subscribed and ready to (laughs) to see the first episode. Uh, My final question for you, Inma, do you have three tips or word of advice that you would give to aspiring webcomic creators? Um, I would tell them, first of all, try to finish what you start. Um, Well, no, first of all, start something. (laughs) Because a lot of people uh, don't start working on comics because they feel they are not good enough or whatever reason. Uh, You will never be good enough uh, to your own standards. I am not good enough according to my own standards, but I have to start. I have to work on something. And then eventually I will get better, but I will get better because I'm working on it. So uh, in order to know um, how far you can get, you have to start. Uh, That would be my first tip. My second tip would be that because it's important that you finish something, try not to start with a a series that is very long. Don't make it too short because then uh, you will not have chances to get enough um, followers to monetize your comic. But don't make don't make it so long that uh, you won't be able to finish it if it doesn't go well. That was my uh, thought when I started the violinist and the nerd. I thought even if it doesn't go well, I'm going to finish this because it's short. Because in the beginning I only had uh, season one in mind. 
And my third advice would be to draw whatever you want. Even if you think that there isn't an audience for what you are doing, if you think so, probably there aren't many comics about what you want to do. And if there aren't many comics about that, you are going to make someone very, very happy because I'm sure there is someone out there who wants to read exactly what you want to create. So just be honest with yourself because um, you are going to enjoy the process of creating it so much more if you do what you really want to do. Listener, you can follow Inma at inmapoyito.com. She has all of her webtoons, all of her work, all of her social handles on there. We will include the link to the description. And Inma, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. This has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited uh, with this podcast and I'm going to keep listening to the rest of the chapters that come out. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.